from Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in Smart, Minneapolis. This is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. In this episode, we talk with Truman Simpson to discuss teaching game development to young people. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we've we've never thought to ask. <laughs> That's true. We we kind of just assumed. We just present oh, so a conditional. Yeah. <laughs> and assume everyone is ready. Yeah. I appreciate the enthusiasm there. I'm glad that you're ready to go. <laughs> oh, so, was I supposed to wait for like a callback? Because I was like, yes, this is no. true. <laughs> we no. should really change the phrase to now that everyone's ready. <laughs> Let's start. Right. And then the guest who isn't quite sure if they are is like, they're, they're yeah. suddenly railroaded into being ready. Yeah. Am I? Am I ready? Not Truman, though. He was ready. Yeah. 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 Right. No need for trickery there Mm-mm. on the ball right away. So mm-hmm. we've, we've done topics on the show before that are, that are education related. Yes. Um, and we've, we've talked to people who are educators and, um, and Ellen is an educator. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I have done some educating. Yes. <laughs> so we're amateurs in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, but I, I, I feel like we're not going to retread a lot of ground here. Yeah. Um, because of who we have as a guest. And the first thing I want to ask is when we say teaching to young people, who are we talking about? When I volunteer, I volunteer with a group called Game Heads out of Oakland. Um, they have a bunch of other studios and they're spreading cause they're awesome, but, uh, they mostly support like low income youths that are like students actively mm-hmm. from the ages like 15 to like 25, I think is the okay. range. So, you know. Mostly like late high school into college. Older folks. Older than I expected, actually. I I, mm-hmm. I was under the impression we, that they were a little younger than that. Well, we, we definitely have uh, like younger students that feed into the program, but mm-hmm. the actual program is more, it's more focused on helping them get into the industry. Okay. And so mm-hmm. we'll, we have like a lot of volunteer programs where um, young kids will come in in like elementary school and just kind of see people in positions of like oh we are actually doing game dev that look like them which helps them realize that oh there are steps that they can take and then they feed into the the program but the actual like formal program that's like you know structured and organized is 15 to 25 i believe it it might be a little wider but that's what i understand what sure what seems really effective about that is i've taught middle schoolers in after school Game Dev 101. Yeah. Or Game Design 101, really. Right, right. And it was hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, just getting their interest, right? Right. And, um, and me coming to them, and I, I was sort of not, I was what they would expect a game developer to look like, but I didn't look like them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I was able to do a good enough job. But what's nice about that two, two stages that you're describing is you make, it, you make it possible and then you make it real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think is hard to do with just attacking it in one way. Yes. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. a very good point. Um and I imagine that the 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 game heads was like, you know, developed based around those that principle, that idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. It was um it was founded by a, a guy named Damon Packwood who's super solid. He's still in the program. He's there at every event and helping in every step of the way. And like the way that it's it's been for me is it's not structured in a way where it's like, this is a hierarchy. This is how things work. This is a thing. It's sort of a collaborative experience that helps engage people in a way that they feel that they can input like anything and it'll be received by everybody. Mm-hmm. And nonstop, one of the things that I've witnessed is people come in there really insecure because like you're saying, it's like this like monolithic thing, like making games. It's like, oh, I, I'll never be able to do it. But they come in really like, scared and like i'm never going to be able to do it i'm never going to do it but then they just see people talking and then at the end of it a game that they made is there they're like oh this is super doable and then the very next steps are helping them get a job yeah helping them like meet with studios get their foot in the door and it's incredibly effective oh that's great yeah especially that you know that addition helping people get jobs in the industry it's so difficult to find jobs i keep seeing people you know struggle to find positions that will you know that they can fill especially when you're when you're you know junior level 
Um, because everybody's looking for junior level. Well, no, actually, everyone's looking for senior level. People don't, but <laughs> people don't want to argue as a senior level dev, and it's it's a whole thing. So that's great. I think that's that's beautiful. Um, that's a wonderful thing to see. Well, I can hear in your voice. You wish you had that when you were twenty two. Oh gosh, yes, yeah. yeah, or eighteen. <laughs> I wish I, I had the it same too, thing. Right? Yeah, right. It's... <laughs> uh, listeners yeah, may may remember Ellen and I had prior careers before we started doing game development, mm-hmm. and we came in late, as you'd say. And Stephen, you started, I mean, you went from it being a hobby to, to being some, something, a, a pursuit. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess you were 19 or 20 when you were starting to think of it as it, maybe it could be something you could do? Um, Slightly older than that, but yeah. Yeah. yeah uh... But you didn't have that path that a lot of us self-taught indie devs have, which is you just goof around for a couple of years. Yeah, and then you end up getting something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, effectively, yeah, I didn't go through the, you know, the tra- the traditional routes where I didn't like go through an educational program to get to where I am now. Um, and, and I think in a lot of ways I, you know, missed out on uh, a lot of beneficial education that I could have had. And I'm so, so I'm, I'm really glad to hear that game has is providing that and giving people the opportunity to see that as an opportunity for them mm-hmm. because I, for the longest, for, for my growth um, for the longest time, I didn't think that it was really possible for me to make games largely because like, I thought of I thought I wasn't great at programming, and I didn't. I definitely didn't want to do art, so I didn't really think of it as an avenue that I could pursue. But I think seeing other people in different aspects of game development is so powerful to see. So it sparks your imagination, right? And, yeah. Um, the the life that I lived previously that Marco was alluding to is um, my life as a teacher and as an instructional designer, um, which is still ongoing, I guess, because I what I'm doing is really trying to cross pollinate a lot of between education and learning and game development and so on and so forth. Um, but that's a different podcast that we've probably already done. Um, what I wanted to say was when it comes to performing a skill, like actually putting it to work, applying a skill that you have, it's not just about having the skills in, you know, in your tool belt, right? It's not just about knowing unity. It's also having the confidence in yourself to be able to apply it in the way that you think is it's meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what struck me about the program you've described so far, Truman, is that it's not just about the skills. You also have a pathway that helps people develop their confidence as they are developing those skills. And it's not just confidence with the tools, but confidence within the social dynamics of the industry. And Absolutely. that sounds sounds super effective. Yeah. Um, so I live in the Bay Area in California. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that that's really prevalent here is there's lots of game studios. There's lots of tech companies and there's lots of things. And one of the things that I've noticed from my my past jobs is we'll work with with schools and the the thing that we do is we show we bring our experts to the schools. We show them, "Hey, look, game design is a thing." And then we sometimes bring the students into our offices to show like how cool a game studio can be. But one of the problems with that we that that game heads addressed and I didn't realize it was an issue until I was in game heads is it makes it almost seem even more unattainable because like now you're seeing this like, oh my gosh, look at how amazing this is. And I have to take, I have to do a lot of work to get there and I'll probably never get there. Yeah. So what GameHeads does is they actually try to match people up with um, studios in like a real world, almost internship kind of way. Oh, so you can say, very cool. hey, look, um, get in the studio, sit with the people, work alongside them on your project in like, so... You'll take a tech artist, which is what I am, and you'll sit them next to one of the tech artists from GameHeads, and they're doing tech art for their their uh, GameHeads project, their final project, next to a professional who's doing the same job, and you can just kind of get the vibe for how they work, and it's it's like real world experience on a personal project in a professional environment that almost always turns into some sort of like future job because now that person is going to come out with confidence like, oh, I know what it's like to work in that environment. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, Ellen, the confidence that you you get from a program like this is significant and almost immeasurable. But when you see it in action, you're like, oh, this is obviously the way to do it. And I didn't have that exposure until I'd been with GameHeads for like a year. And like the first season that I was with them, I was like, oh, yeah, all the other times I was doing it kind of maybe have been a little wrong. Just a little bit, though, because we're all our hearts are in the right place. But it was just a new skill that we learned. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it seems interesting that um, like you described that there's that leap from 
imagining it and then also seeing that it's out there, it feeling further away, the closer it is, but that the program provides those steps in between. Mm-hmm. But I, I imagine, and let me know, that if someone is, they're shadowing a, a tech artist who's doing the, the, the upper level program, who is shadowing a professional tech artist, and that younger person, a younger person, like they end up not wanting to do tech art. Mm. Mm-hmm. It still seems like that experience is valuable because you're you're exposed to how the world works in a yeah. way. Like, is that right? Do you find that people? Because I think one of the things that I think indie devs need to do is kind of like bounce around a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. but I don't know what the right amount of time to do that is. Right. It, might, it might be three months. It might be three years. Mm. I don't. I don't really know. It's probably different for every person. But you have must have people like that who kind of move through that the program. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that that you you just hit on the head is exposure. Like every person who's young, who wants to design games, they're, they're coming usually from a place like I'm playing a game. I want to make a game and you'll almost always see people immediately how to be a game designer. And that thing, that phrase, how to be a game designer is incorrect. And one of the things that they teach you in game heads really quick is game designer is it's, it's too broad a term. And it's also a very specific term. So a game designer is somebody who designs either mechanics, systems, narrative, something like that. Um, where what you probably want to be as a developer and what a developer is, is much broader and it covers a wide spectrum of jobs that you have no exposure to until you're in the the field. And when you're in the field, you're like, oh, what do you do all day? You make icons. What are you called? Oh, you're a graphic designer. Let me look up how to be a graphic designer. And then you find much more specific things to your actual interests. And you watch as just being in that environment, having lunch with people that are professionals, and, you know, a pretty nice working environment, because I imagine there's some pretty hostile work environments where it's like, why are these kids bothering me? But, you know, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully none of us actually work in places like that, you know. Right. Um, Get off my carpet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you sit next to like, uh, and a lot of people, like you said, will start off like, I definitely want to be a tech artist. I, I heard about tech art. It's, you know, I like art. I like programming. I'm a tech artist. I'm going to do that. But then they get in and they're like, oh, I don't like what you actually do. <laughs> and then you're like, I kind of want to be a programmer. And then you become a programmer. But now you know that you've limited and pared down your options to more of a a honed in specific focus, which helps you as you develop in the, especially in the early stages of your career, you're going to now progress much faster because now you don't have to spend time in a job that you dislike figuring out that you don't like it before you figure out that there's a better job for you. Like you get on the job exposure to that is what I want to be doing. And then you can just dive into that really aggressive. Yeah, that's one of the advantages, I think, that I've heard from people who, who do art school of yeah. any kind is you have a little more freedom to fail a little bit. Bo- You're not in the market right away. Yeah, yeah. And that always, I always felt like, you know, there's like a debate. Should you go to a game design school or whatever? Should you do this, you know, um, or should you get a different degree and then learn to be a game? And I don't, there's not one right answer. Yeah. But one of the things I've always been jealous of is that is that that ability to to like to fail to try something and not worry and 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 also have it be able to get feedback in a in a more formal setting mm-hmm. um but that doesn't mean you it doesn't mean you come out of it doing the thing you were doing while you were there yeah i think what you said it lets it just lets you know more about what's possible what you can do um and i guess i've always thought of it in a little more narrower terms but i think it makes a, it's much clearer now that it just seems like that experience alone, independent of your path through it, is valuable. Yeah. As a, and then of course the path through it is also valuable yeah. in, in its own way, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I just keep thinking about how, like, you know, when I was, when I was younger, when I was in, uh, when I was like eleven or something, my dad, uh, we were interested in trying to make games, and so like, me, my dad like taught me some programming skills and such, and I thought it was so boring because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think that there were other options to make games. Has your opinion than, really changed? Um. <laughs> that's beyond the scope of this topic uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um but but i i didn't realize that there was there were different aspects of game development aside from programming and art i thought those were the only two things so like seeing like being involved you know at a specific place where you know they're actually doing the work in the field um you get to see all of the different aspects and all the different avenues all of the different all of the different things that go into making a game I think that's just like so valuable to see that because like really any person with skills, which is every any person, 
uh, can, you know, make a game or be part of making the game. So I think that that's so good to see. Goodness. Oh, I want that yeah. so bad. <laughs> it's so yeah, I think I, I think it's we're very quickly. You and I, in particular, I think are yeah. are, are spinning around like just imagining what our lives could have been. If we had it. <laughs> That's exactly. And I, I shouldn't derail the episode too much in that direction, but I, it's really hard to resist. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we should talk about what it does and the, and what it's proven to do. Yeah, is interesting enough. Mm-hmm. But I think there's the challenge of actually designing that curriculum. Yeah, especially the two the two stages of it. I want to hear about like, like maybe about earlier versions or mistakes made along the way or how the program changes from year to year. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do you go about s- specifying what that path looks like for for people going through the program? Yeah, so it's it's hard for me to say that part because like I'm I'm just like a volunteer with the group, mm-hmm. okay. and one of the things that that happens when when I volunteer is I notice that the vibe of all of the volunteer staff we're first off, we're heavily vetted, like before we come in. So we make sure that we get a bunch of people from a bunch of diverse disciplines. There's usually um, a large number of people that get turned away, which is unfortunate. But like, um, the people that come in are usually really enthusiastic and excited. And that probably came from an experience that happened earlier that I, you know, I'd heard mumblings about where uh, the people who were volunteering to help out weren't that engaged with the students and helping them grow. And when they were trying to like the kids were super eager and enthusiastic, but they're running into like a jaded programmer, for example, ah, yeah. or oh. like somebody who's been in this for so long. They're like, Oh, you just do it. And it's like, Ugh. and that's not really great for anyone because yeah, the person's right. not having a great time. The person that, that's getting feedback is not having a great time. So what I've noticed is the, the caliber of the people that are volunteering right now, we're all very, very good at what we do, but we're also very, patient and understandable, um, not understandable. That's not the right word, but mm-hmm. we all, we all really understand that these kids are sponges who want to absorb what we have. Yeah. And we are very, very willing to give them that. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I really do think that that came from a place in the past when the curriculum was maybe a little looser where they were like, Oh, I don't know if we should hire everybody or should we hire just people that are experts. Sure. Um, and then the the students themselves, they actually, aside from the mentorship that they get from the volunteers, they also have classes and they're, some of them are during school, I think some of them are after hours, but the students that are in the program tend to be very, very excited about the classes they're taking, okay. which when, when I think a lot about when I was in school, the, like my computer science classes were the classes I was the most excited to go to. And those are the ones that I applied myself to more. Yeah. So seeing these kids like uh, run to go sit down and start working with their their team to be like, oh, I had this idea. Check this out. I sketched this out. And you watch it, it. It helps them. But it also is really, really rejuvenating for me as somebody who's been doing this for so long, because mm-hmm. you see young you who's like excited and then you give that back to them. And it's mm-hmm. just it's a really good loop. Of That's awesome. It's, it's interesting. You talk about the um, the. Um... Like the uh, getting volunteers, and that needed to be a little bit more of a of a, um, uh, a circumspect process. Mm. Um, and so, how are how are students recruited? Yeah, um, like who? Uh, you know what I mean? Because I think that enthusiasm you get from learners, uh, the, the fact that they come ready to go, um, that's not a guarantee when you when you just have kids, right? Yeah. So so who 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 joins the program and how do they find it? So from from the kids that I've worked with, all I know is that they chose to join the program. It was never like thrust upon them by like a school or organization. It is completely optional. It is um, if you're going, you're you're basically making a commitment to, you know, work through a thing. And they they have some sort of interview process with the with the students where they're like, um, do you want to do this? Why do you want to do this? Et cetera. You know, standard questionnaire. Yeah. But at the end of it, I don't think that they turn anyone away who's interested, but they might help people understand if they're not really invested to not like apply themselves. But again, that's just me. Assuming. Yeah. Sure. Well, well, what, what is the, the process behind um, getting the volunteers aside from, I mean, it, you said it was like an involved process. Can you describe the process that you went through in order to be a volunteer? Cause like, Oh yeah, know, definitely. I like to do it at one point. <laughs> it sounds cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, every, uh, summer they have a summer program that they start up and before summer so i think um 
in March or June, which it makes sense because it just happened. And they'll send out like a, a questionnaire saying, hey, here's an open call for anybody who's interested in the program. And the first group it goes out to is a is kind of a like a focused group, which is people that have done it before or people that are in the networks of those people who have been recommended. Sure. And then, you know, from there, then they widened the scope a little bit to people who might be interested. And I think that the people like myself who've been doing it multiple times, we we have a, an easier interview. But I remember my first interview was like, it was like almost like a panel interview where I was like talking to a lot of people and a lot of people were making sure that I was a good fit. They were very casual, not super like, like I didn't have to wear a suit because I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, have <laughs> had to put on a suit and meet up with a bunch of people in a room with no windows and just like big echoey, like brutal architecture. <laughs> it was none of that. It was just like, okay, hi, I'm this person. This is what I do. Are you interested? Here's kind of what it is. And then they're like, okay, that person's cool. And then they would pass me up to the next person. And then that person, we'd have a, like a sit down, maybe a coffee or something. And it would go until eventually I met Damon and Damon, we, we just wrapped for a little bit and we just talked about what it meant for this program, what it meant for either of us and how how I would be of assistance to the group. Because yeah. we wanted to make sure that I wasn't just doing this because I'm like, oh, maybe I should give back to the kids. Yeah. It's like I yeah. they, we wanted to make sure that I was genuinely invested in these kids growing and doing things and like what was my reasoning behind it. Once he he sided with me. Um, then I got and I got made an offer and they're like, come on in. And then so uh, you you define your discipline first and you say, this is these are the, the roles that I've done and these are the roles that I can do. And then they'll match you up with um, at first just students who want your discipline yeah. or disciplines that you have. And then uh, you'll work with the teams as a whole, which are made up of people of multiple disciplines to try and do things. And that is really casual for the summer. And then that extends into the school year. Um, after you finish the summer program, they have like a, a, a big event where it's like a, a big keystone event where, you know, they rent out like one of the esports halls in Oakland. And then uh, a lot of people come. There's a lot of spectacle. You go on stage and you present. There'll be like important people in the crowd. Like um, every year, like Tim Schaefer shows up and he's mm -hmm. like a big supporter of the thing. And That's then, you cool. know, all these people, people get to show their games to these like visionaries like, oh, my gosh, it's yeah. just, everybody wins. That's really cool. I so like it, I mean it sounds like a very involved process, right? And it makes sense because Gameheads is established at this point. They've been around for how 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 long has Gameheads been around for? Ooh, that I couldn't tell you. Okay, that's yeah. <laughs> long enough to have established this much, have a set amount of people that they go to initially to like volunteer with them, and then also have this big you know involved process and interviewing process effectively to get volunteers yeah. on board. I'm uh, and I'm and volunteer uh, pipeline. Yeah, a, whole, a volunteer pipeline. Yes. <laughs> I'm comparing that to like my own um, experiences, like volunteering, teaching students um, about about game dev. And oftentimes when I'm doing that, it's, you know, the students are younger. They're not in college. They're not later on in their high Well, we should say this is a new thing that you've just started. Yes. I mean, you've, you've done it before, yeah. but you're, you're talking about something you just started recently that I don't think we've told listeners about yet. Yes. Um, so I am uh, helping uh, create a curriculum for students. And I think they're like like middle school aged and learning like their basics learning uh, and game development. I'm um, helping like design a curriculum around that. And it's like basically goes through parts of the summer. I'm thinking about, I mean, I'm comparing like this experience game heads where they have this whole involved process with volunteers versus, you know, this, the, the experience um, the, where I'm volunteering now, I have to look up the name and I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> I can't think of it at the time. Um, and and there's I, there wasn't really much of a process. Like I had a I had a conversation with um, the person who's actually doing the teaching. I'm just helping them design the curriculum, but I'm not doing the teaching myself. I'm around oftentimes. I, I volunteer effectively when I like help them out there, but otherwise I'm not the teacher. We I just had a conversation with the actual teacher um, for like 30 minutes, um, and we like you know, and each week we just like. We have that conversation where we talk about what we want to teach the students um, for this this coming uh, class. It doesn't seem like there's much process behind gaining getting volunteers. Um, the volunteers who are who show up, um, you know, they're very knowledgeable, but they're they're most of them. I, I actually, in fact, all of them, aside from myself, don't work in games. A lot of the things that are taught to the students, they're experiencing for the first time. Yeah. Um, like mm -hmm. one of the one of the classes we had was about uh, game design pillars 
and somebody came up to me and was like, wow, I had never heard of game design for this before. <laughs> this is wild. Yeah. You'll have people working on their game for 10 years before they hear that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, true. So like being introduced to that early is, I think, important um, mm-hmm. and valuable. I guess what I guess what I'm what I'm trying to get at at, 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 at some point is like, how do you get to a point? <laughs> well, you're <laughs> where you're you can do that. What you know? What the program you're involved with is missing yes. is an uh, a, history. a history. It hasn't become institutionalized. That's true. And it doesn't have those sort of those uh, industry accesses, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, That's a good point. And it it is kind of a thing. It's a little bit like, oh, what what can we do to get that? Right. That's right. that's kind of what you're asking. It sounds like it's it's not exactly, but it's almost like a function of time. Yeah, it's it has to prove itself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and it, it'll happen, and it, it it's definitely a function of time, but also a a bit of you know careful consideration and mindfulness. Like right. when you go through the process, don't just assume it's going to naturally evolve. You have to look at what worked, what didn't work. Do postmortems, meet up with people, and like you know, interview the people that run through the program and see what. Just, just listen to them, talk to them, and find out what did work, what didn't work, and then you know iterate and make the next one better, and the next one better, and the next one better, and eventually it'll come. And as far as you know, um, people, because you know if you're not, you're not surrounded by a lot of like tech opportunities or you know game opportunities, we're now living in a much more you know connected virtual world, so mm-hmm. you can actually get them. And once you start establishing yourself and you've you've gotten you know a little bit of legacy underneath you, you can leverage that to get more traction and more high profile people to come and invest themselves. People who are, you might be lacking like a particular skill set. Like you have game designers who, you know, are much more like focused on like designing game pillars or something. And you're just like, cool. Now I can attract people who are like, Oh, I I saw what you're doing. And I want to, I want to contribute some of my resources to help you out. And that'll help. Like shout out to Jesse shell. You know, you are. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah it, it it really does sound like just keep at it and and you know effectively you treat it like a game you iterate on the game you get feedback on the game you yeah. continue to you know improve upon it i just bring everything every back to it's games, it, you know? i always wait for the moment in every episode where you say that because <laughs> kind of every topic is that i just relate everything to what i know you know <laughs> well, it's, it's it's building anything yeah honestly yeah it's absolutely true it's absolutely the case yeah Different different building blocks, right? Instead of you know, yeah, the exactly what and, is different, but the yeah. process is it has lots of parallels, right? Exactly, you're not building something out of code and assets. You're building something out of people, mm-hmm. but you still have to put the work in to bring people together, and you still have to iterate on what you've designed, and totally makes sense. Take it from Ellen; it's made of people. Yeah. It's made with people. It's people. <laughs> hey, you know that you know that was uh, this year, right? Soylent Green. Oh yeah, that's right. Twenty twenty-two. Oh well, that's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just puts things into perspective, I guess. Uh, isn't isn't Soylent like an actual project? It is. Soylent yeah, is it's, an yeah. it's an actual product. It's okay. Tangent on the episode. Yep. <laughs> so Soylent makes that they made this the the the, the sort of like multivitamin mixed drink is basically what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, they also make like um, like uh, breakfast bars, basically with the same kind of stuff in it, oh, yeah. and they taste fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's funny is, yeah, because of the anniversary of the film, and because they, they were sort of named in jest, right? Yeah. Like, um, but they actually there is a product called Soylent Green that that they are. It's like a limited time thing they're doing yeah. <laughs> because they're, they're just like you can't you can't tease us out of uh, out of this. It's too yep. fun. Yeah. And it has it has a tagline that says something like "It's for the people" or "It's yes, a people yeah. company." Oh. <laughs> they Amazing. know what they're doing. They know Amazing. they're doing. Oh, that is pretty good. That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty clever. That's funny. Okay, tangent over. Tangent over. <laughs> no, we are not funded by Soylent. <laughs> <laughs> that that almost felt like an ad for Soylent. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was. A free ad. Soylent, if you want to pay for that, if you're listening and you want to pay for that. Yeah, sure. we'll send you the invoice. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I guess I'll start. Uh, <laughs> uh, We've had some clunky roll-ins on yep. this in the past. <laughs> But that might be the best one we've ever done. <laughs> the the yeah. pinnacle of clunkiness. The worst of the best. The best of the worst. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can join our Discord. I, you wouldn't even be able to know what we were going to talk Remember about. Remember where so you were <laughs> when Steven said, I guess I'll start. <laughs> Tell it to your children. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yes. Uh, NiceGames.club slash Discord. Join us there. You can tell it to Discord. You can tell it to... You can tell it to Discord. You can let them know I was there. Oh, my gosh. Actually, it would be really cool if people, like, posted sentences saying, I was there when Steven said, guess I'll start. <laughs> Join our Discord. NiceGames.club slash Discord. And do that. But also, um, you can find really cool discussions from our community about our show. Um, we post uh, the latest episodes there as well. So you can keep up to date with us on Discord. And, and we also communicate on there. Yeah, occasionally we'll chime in. I think Ellen's the best at it of yes. the three of oh, us. I don't know about that. Of engaging with folks. <laughs> I'm not sure. There are some super fans in our Discord who are really, you know, on the ball about bringing up topics for every episode. And um, but yeah. it's not just about the most recent episode. It's sometimes people are talking about what they're working on or they'll listen to an episode from the past and they'll kind of remind everybody about it and kick off a new conversation. Um, we had one of our good friends and longtime fan was asking for playtest volunteers this last week. Like it's, it is, it's a community of nerds, which I love. Whom I love. Uh, again, that URL, nicegames.club slash discord. Tell him Steven sent you, I guess. I don't know. After he remembered what to talk about. <laughs> wow. We stumbled out of that one pretty good too. <laughs> yeah. On a roll. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My question for you, Truman, is this, I mean, this game has been going for a while, right? You've talked about that. Um, but we've also talked about how much work it takes to put together this kind of organization, right? I'm wondering if you can maybe, uh, what's the word? Not pontificate, prognosticate? Like 10 years out into the future, what kind of effect do you think Game Heads is having on the industry now and will have going into the future? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I think happens uh, with something that's like an institution, institution that people have to go through that is it has a time commitment is you won't see the dividends of what happens for several years, right? And so we're already starting to see that because I remember the, f the first year that I went there, I met um, this one wide-eyed student who was just super eloquent. 
Like they came up and they were just incredibly, very, very easy to talk to and was just, they asked all the right questions and was super cool. They, they then went on to go, you know, graduate high school and then go into college. They went to UCSC in the game studio. Um, they were featured on a bunch of magazines. They made a bunch of field games, which I'd never even heard of field games before. One of them was um, a game where you have to make like ramen using these giant, like like one was a pool noodle that represented a noodle and you have to use these big like pool cues as, as chopsticks to try and carry things. You huh. have to work together. And it was, it was so fun. Yeah. And they had that at um, GDC up in the top floor and there was just a line of people waiting to play it. And then it kept going. And then um, uh, the student's name was Kai. And every time I saw Kai, their career was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think Kai is going to be one of those people that becomes like a flagship for how great this program is. Yeah. And I've, I've seen a bunch of other people come into the program and meet Kai and like, oh, that's Kai. And then those, those kids are going to go through the program, become, you know, their own flag head, figureheads, whatever the word is. And they're, <laughs> they're going to go and they're just going to make all these ripples and waves. And it's, it's just going to keep growing and growing that way. And you can't really see it when you're in it, but you can kind of see a spark of it if you look at it close enough. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I think that really, really helps with that is getting the kids into studios and exposed to the, to the, the world as soon as possible will help them immediately start making those ripples and those impacts yeah. because then they can pay that backwards and then the, the program goes. So in the future, I can already see like a dozen or so of the students that have been through the program um, with tons of potential not squandering it. And that's the biggest strength, I think, of the program is they see how to apply this potential that they have. And there's like avenues laid out in front of them that they can take or deviate from in their own creative ways, but fall back to if they need to. And that, like you're saying, it helps them fail in an intelligent direction. And so in like 10 years, um, I, I can see one of the big, like the next riot or the next blizzard or the next, you know, uh, fall guys like an indie studio that just kind of blows into a darling and mm. it's going to be manned by a bunch of people from game heads i can see That's that so happening. Cool. yeah um yeah. and yeah and also i think what what that does is game heads is you know mostly based in um the san francisco bay area we have a really specific culture here and i've seen some of that culture start to like surface in their games obviously but in the games that they're bringing to market, including um, I was playing Fortnite the other day and there was a dance that straight up came out of Oakland sideshows in that game. And I was like, the only reason why the people had exposure to that was because of programs like this, giving it to them and be like, oh, look how exciting and cool this is. I think more and more of that's going to happen. You're going to see these this cross pollination of just like really cool cultures that are underrepresented in like the mainstream of games get represented in a pretty positive light. And then people will be like, Oh, let's dig deeper into that. And then that will reveal more opportunities and then it'll, you know, balloon from there. Yeah. yeah. Momentum and yeah. Momentum, I guess. Mm -hmm. I felt <laughs> like, like there was another word there, but the only inertia. one I could come up with was yes. Inertia. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> I was going for synergy, but it felt too easy. So. <laughs> but also like reciprocation, right? It feeds back into the program. Absolutely. It makes the program more uh, trustworthy for for entrants, but also volunteers. So it just it's that virtuous cycle. Um, you said That's something really interesting, which is that it it lets people not squander the potential they have. And I think mm -hmm. one of the things we always say on the show is anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. That there's like no secret sauce. There's nothing special about game development that is beyond the reach of any single person. Yeah. There's, there are barriers um, of all type, but there's no reason anyone who wants to do it can't. Especially today. Yeah. Especially yeah. Today. And yeah. you saying that what it really does is it takes that potential and just prevents them from squandering it. Because that's got to be, I mean, think of all of the, I mean, it's said a lot, like, you know, the, um, you know a, a drought or an economic depression, how many artists were lost to that? Mm -hmm. You know, th th it's a common kind of thought experiment. But in game development, which is so specific and so, um, I would say, non-mainstream as an artistic pursuit, yeah. even today, um, I think that's because it, it does, it's outside of people's imaginations, mm -hmm. unless they're exposed to it through nearby industry or through educational programs. It just has to be true that the majority of possible game dev talent is currently being squandered Absolutely. and so any any tool that that can bring that out that mission is almost more valuable than whatever lessons they learn in the program 
is just to mm-hmm. give them that. I mean, not to discount that, but like that alone makes it worth it. Is, I, I guess what I mean. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, the students come in and they're, you know, they want to be involved in this. How do you, I guess, how do you keep students engaged? Because yeah, reality start, will hit them eventually. Right, right, right. They'll start doing, I mean, I think it's the same case with like a lot of, like you'll sign up for a class and you'll be like, oh yeah, I'm really excited to learn about knitting. I don't know. I can't think Put me behind that pottery wheel. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And then you do it for a few weeks and you're like, oh, there's a lot more work involved in this. And oh, I got to read this textbook in order to understand this and all the studying and things. And now there's homework. It's too much stuff. How do you keep the students engaged? How do you keep them I know that like eventually it will lead to a job, and I imagine that is a lot of the motivation that yeah. they're keeping them going. But there'll be unexpected yes. dissuaders right. along the way. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Right? outside of just the job itself. So how yeah. do you keep the students moving forward? Yeah, so I actually think that is the primary function of the volunteer men- the like mentors. Because okay. like one of the things that I've noticed is like when we're interviewed, one of the things that they specifically ask us to do is we have to reach out to them. Sure. Like, okay. like we, we need to make sure that we are keeping and keeping up with them because if, if we leave the onus on them to contact us, it might fall off. It might become nothing. And, you know, like you say, you know, there's going to be things that'll dissuade them and they'll just be like, Oh, I'm, you know, I, I, I found something happened. I broke up with my partner. It's like going to be a thing. Eh. Yeah. But if, if, if I reach out to one of them and I'm like, Hey, so what did you work on? Like how, what's your progress on this thing and things like that they tend to be a bit more engaged because one, they don't want to disappoint me because I think the program instills in them the value of how important it is to have a network that is established. Mm-hmm. And so when I am, I'm an established tech artist, I'm in the industry. I worked on Sly Cooper, you know, like they're just yeah. like, Oh, you're a guy. Um, and they're like, I'm paired up with Truman. I need to make sure that I'm ready when Truman calls. And then I call, they're excited. They're focused. They're like, okay, this is what I did. I'm excited about this. This is what I did. And so I feel that that is that that's the job of the mentors is to make sure that we are keeping the kids engaged by literally interacting with them. All we have to do is just reach out and let them know that we're still interested in what they're doing. And I think that's part of the reason why they're so heavily why they're so intense on vetting the mentors, because if we start letting the kids down, it's easy to immediately be one of those dissuaders, especially if you're in a situation. And I'm sure this is happening at some level, but your mentor is not as engaged as someone else's mentor. Mm. So if they, you know, you see your friend's team and they're just like crushing it and everything's cool. Their mentors are deeply engaged and your mentor just kind of casually is like, Hey, so I'm not really feeling it. Then they might lose interest. And so you got to, it, and it is, I take it as a great responsibility and an honor to help the next generation push their messages and their stories and their games into the world. Yeah. And yeah, so they're not squandering it. And I feel like that's every time one of the, the students that I work with succeeds, it's my success. A hundred percent. It's definitely their success, but like I can feel <laughs> a sense of accomplishment in like helping make that dream real. And yeah. that is payment for me in great ways. Yeah. It means your mentorship was successful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's all supported by the system that's been built. Like the way you describe it is like you you can have that direct contact because that's what's expected of the program. And because of your position in the industry and because of your your work as a volunteer, that makes that interaction more effective. And because it creates a value proposition for you in terms of your – feelings of progress and success that motivates you. And it, it is self-reinforcing in a way that it's all go back to the thing that like does take time to build. Right. Right. One might say it's synergistic. Ooh. <laughs> That's the word of the day. <laughs> it's less icky when you say it. Yeah. It's just, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like synergy. I like synergy as a, as a concept just the word is too buzzy. Yeah. 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 Buzzy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does, it does speak to the, there's a little bureaucracy involved. Oh yeah. Right. And that, Absolutely. that's kind of, that's a good thing mm-hmm. to a degree, right? Like mm-hmm. it has to, it's the program has to be individualized to the student, but it also has to be something that is, it's not invented on the fly every week. Right. Right. And, and, oh, and yeah. that it has, and, and that's something that I think as artists, we sometimes fight against. It's like, well, why don't we keep our options open? And I think that leads to a lot of trouble. I mean, right? especially in education, yeah. you need that form of structure yeah, yeah, in order yeah. to get students, you know, through the program. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is really valuable. I, I'm imagining as a, I'm, I'm imagining myself, I guess, as a student in this program. I feel like I would. You're it, fantasizing about yourself as a student. <laughs> you have been for the last like 35 minutes. I mean, perhaps, but uh, 
in in this case, I I'm, I'm curious about like you know, there's there's pressure in order for the student you know to feel like they're succeeding, both in the eyes of the, you know the, who's helping them, the the volunteer who's helping them, and in the program itself. And you know, they want to succeed in the industry. I'm sure the game has isn't like you know putting so much pressure on them that like people uh, fall out of it. Because I at this point, I imagine they're practice. Y'all are practiced at it. I I guess. What I want to know is about like how do you make sure that the pressure that you're 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 providing to the students is healthy amount a healthy amount of pressure to keep them moving oh, forward. That, yeah, that's a that's another great question. Um, ah, ah! <laughs> one of the uh, <laughs> it's one all one all on the board. Um, one of the things that we do is like there's not like it's not a competition, and that's a big big important part mm-hmm. of it. The only competition that you ever feel is against yourself and getting this project done because that's enough tension in anything to make something get like, you know, flung forward. So what we do is we tell them at the beginning of the program, the day and date and what is happening at the end, the very last day when you do a big presentation where you present your game and all of the pressure comes from you wanting to ship your game by that milestone. That's it. And so you and your, your, um, your teams will decide on deadlines. You'll figure, you'll work with like, you'll assign someone to be a producer. They'll figure out your timeline. They'll work with you to adjust as necessary, just like in the real, the industry. And you, um, you run it exactly like a game studio runs it. You, you do stuff. You don't, you try not to grind. You don't want the kids to burn out. You don't want them to be pushing themselves to the point of like exhaustion. Um, but you, you also see that they will eagerly work together to work on problems together, but then we have to step in sometimes and be like, Hey, y'all need to make sure that you're doing this during, you know, some good hours. So you don't like exhaust yourselves. Yeah. And I was going to ask, that, I imagine that that's part of the, the your, y'all's job is to make sure that they're not pushing themselves. Absolutely. Too hard. Okay. Absolutely. That's and cool. we, we, we're very, very conscious, conscious of that because we want to make sure that, you know, they're young, they have infinite amounts of energy at this stage, but we don't want them to get used to using that infinite pool of energy. We like, you have to be able to drip that out in a more like healthy, sustainable, like flow so that by the end of the thing, you're hungry and you want to work on it again, or you want to work on it more, or you want to start another project. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that I also really like seeing after the project, the, the big presentation, they go, there's like an award ceremony where, you know, everybody gets like, you know, um, touted as super amazing. They show off their wins. Everybody, you know, plays all their games. It's, it's great. It's just a great, like, you ever been to E3? It's like that, but just for like all these independent games, yeah. incredible. And then afterwards, everybody just kind of hangs out and mingles and you watch as these kids immediately start talking about their next projects or how they're going to keep going on the existing projects. Mm-hmm. And that only happens if you're passionate and not burnt out. And yeah. so yeah. that's what you want to see. And it happens every every year I've ever gone to the final event. You watch as people, like they'll come and like other people will come over and they'll be like, hey, I was working on that and I had an idea. Maybe I can help you with this. And you'll see people like start to freelance in between their different studios. And it's like, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> it's like a little industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so neat. I, that's like that. Absolutely, I I really love what you've described because it it it's attention to not just the experience in the program, but again the long term goals of the program for each individual participant. Um, but also and taking you into account or taking into account the transition from the program into the next whatever. Right, like the whole goal is to keep them in the industry and the recognition that you have to maybe pull the reins a little bit or ask them to tap the brakes a little bit so that they can sustain that mm-hmm. interest and energy into the future. Um, the other piece that I think is really cool about that is that you're helping, you know, you're helping raise the conversation around what a healthy work-life balance is mm-hmm. really early on. And I have a feeling like younger generations are more engaged with that topic than I was at that particular point in my life. Um, it, but I'm really glad that they are because unless something drastic changes over the next 15 years, the kids who are 18 now will at some point in their lives be 35 and they will not have infinite <laughs> pools of energy. To from. Um, Speaking of I, experience, are you? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, that, and that's a real, real big topic. And uh, the studio that I currently work at, one of the things that we focus on really heavily is like work-life balance. And whenever we um, host events for game heads or literally any organization, we have people come in and we, we lean into that as much as possible because we are a, a very 
profitable studio. We sustain very well and we do not do overtime. Like that is a, a big thing that we, we champion. And when we talk to like game heads, we're like, Hey, you don't have to do overtime to successfully ship a thing because that's, you know, I come from old console generations where once you put it on a, on a disc, it was burned on. You couldn't update it. It was, yeah. that's what it was forever. And so, you know, we had to burn hot, but we don't have to anymore. And the conversation, like you're saying, needs to change. And it is. And I think that this uh, the world situation right now with, you know, uh, quarantine and everyone working remotely is really changing that dynamics. People are realizing that we don't have to work the way we worked when we worked in factories. We can work Mm -hmm. in like these bursts where we're like, I'm going to be on for four hours in the middle of the week and I'm going to do some stuff. It's going to be great. We're going to have a bunch of meetings. And I'm going to do some other stuff. And then the, the project gets done to the same level of doneness that it would have done if we sat there just staring at our screens and acting like we're not watching YouTube and listening to podcasts, right. you know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And I think that uh, the younger generation is weird to say um, they're smart and they're getting smarter. And I think they're outsmarting us as far as things like uh, work ethic goes, like mm-hmm. we, you know, my generation is like, Oh, you're just lazy. But I think the next generation is working way smarter. Like yeah. they're like, we mm-hmm. can get work done without burning out. And mm-hmm. I, I think that groups like this are going to help change that, that conversation and make it much, much more of a viable option in the future. Because if everybody decides, Hey, we don't need to burn hot to make games, then nobody will do it. Yay! <laughs> the dream. Yeah, I that mean, is like, the dream. isn't that the world we want, right? That the generations that are younger than us have it better and are smarter. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. if we're not creating a world like that, then what the heck? Yeah. Right. And and the way to create it is to provide that path to bring the lessons that you learn as the world changes in your professional life and make sure that the people coming up don't have to relearn it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Pass on what you learned and make it make it a smoother path for the people behind you. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Truman that Gameheads is very centered in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have plans to become beyond the Bay Area? Yeah, I believe. I believe. I the last time I checked the the website, they were they were talking about spreading to like heard conversations about Atlanta mm-hmm. and a couple other places. I think the areas that are mostly getting focused on is uh, obviously wherever people want to build it. But is also um, it, it tends to focus on more of like the QT BIPOC community, and so trying to trying to build hubs in those those places where those groups of people are incredibly underrepresented in a place, but the industry is thriving around those areas. Those are the areas yeah. that I think that Gamehead really wants to start establishing presence. Gotcha. Um, and I, I, it doesn't necessarily need to be Gameheads; it just needs to be a like something like Gameheads, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's why I think that this podcast is super rad because it's you know i'm saying this to y'all somebody else might hear it and they might be in kalamazoo and you know they're like you know what we should do this and then start up something that's like this and then eventually that'll trickle up and make you know a thing. Yeah. i don't know what your viewership is in kalamazoo but shout out kalamazoo well occasionally yeah. we, we will hear from someone uh, from somewhere around the globe mm-hmm. who will say i was inspired to work on my project or whatever and i will just hardly believe it I'm, right. I'm like, how could that be? How could the how could the A to B on that be true? Uh-huh. Um, but that is kind of what it takes. And I think that you know, whatever little a, a show like ours or any kind of resource, or if you write an article or you're, you make a tutorial or you post some of your code, like any of those activities can have those little influences, like mm-hmm. our show does. But I think it, when you're describing something that's more like like a, an institution that can make real big change, it's interesting you talk about like where to target because. It is, it's like, oh, well, there are underrepresented people literally everywhere. And there mm-hmm. are places where that a program like that could be at least uh, limited in effectiveness literally everywhere. But it does make sense to target places where it could be most effective. Yeah, And that can, that can mean like a place like Minneapolis is probably not one of those places, right. at least not at first. But just like growing an individual program takes time and then it, it builds on itself. You know, if if there is a kind of a networking, you know, of, of multiple programs, whether it's game heads or similar types of organizations, then that means it can eventually be everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's such, it's such a monumental challenge to be behind when really it could also just be every one of us doing a little bit. Yeah. But then how do you structure that? Oh, it's I, I mean, my mind is spinning. There's just so many there's so many 
challenges. Um, just teaching one person, forget creating a lasting institution yeah. that is, you know, effective locally, but also can teach other institutions nationally and internationally and can spread to places to, to so that the, you don't have to target the most effective use. You can target any uh, effective use. Yeah, I, I'm curious, actually, is, is GameHeads, like, affiliated with other groups? You know, in, in 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 education in this way, like in, sibling in, organizations, that yeah, kind of similar organizations such as that, or foundations and such on so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I actually don't know that. I'm I'm oh. curious. I uh, like the only real visibility that I personally have is on the uh, the later side, not necessarily the the curriculum side. Oh sure. And and all of the like studio partnerships that they work with, oh, yeah. um, because that's where they're getting a lot of their volunteers from. So I'm I'm actually really curious about their their educational side, like where that's tied in. So. Well, I mean, you said that like Tim Schafer is, is showing up uh, oh, yeah. to help out and stuff. So it does seem like there's a lot of people in the industry outside of maybe education that are. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's like, there's a lot of studios that donate um, time, energy, money, um, uh, resources, people like uh, double fine is one of those great studios that's in the city. And it's, you know, very closely connected with game heads from just people that we all know. And one of the things that happens is, you know, you go to uh, Double Fine hosts this thing in the city uh, every year called uh, Day of the Devs. And you go there and there's a Game Heads booth. And then you go to the Game Heads booth, you talk to them, and then you'll see next year somebody that talked to one of the people at Game Heads booth will show up. And it, it's just a really good like, relationship that a lot that Game Heads has with a lot of these other studios. Like my studio, uh, Riot is has a presence there, mm-hmm. um, Sledgehammer. Like it's people, because we're all kind of local, you know. Yeah. We all just mm-hmm. kind of, kind of do stuff. So yeah, we just just talk, and it's fun, and you, you really, really, really get to see that youthful exuberance show up, and then it helps your studios as well. So yeah, that makes sense, and it, it makes a lot of sense that like you know, game heads came out from that community because I, 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 I'm I'm thinking of our our community here in Minneapolis. We have you know some folk who are established, but like we're not as together and as we don't interact as frequently as maybe, I mean, larger communities, largely because like there, there aren't as many of us. Well, we also rely, I mean, for our careers need to be fed from elsewhere. A lot of us yes. work remotely with other right. groups and studios yeah. and indie teams. Um, and that's how we can be, create a sustainable community here. So it's a totally different equation. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, it makes a lot of sense that all of those, all of those, in, uh, all of those folks in the industry, you know, just, get together frequently and mm-hmm. are involved in, in that way, in the way that you're describing. Yeah. And uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, one of the things that happens with the world that we currently live in mm-hmm. is just because we're geographically near each other doesn't really matter so much anymore. Because one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of our studios are switching to remote working situations okay. and people are going to different cities. So one of the things that I hope could happen is like, Yes, this visionary who works for Telltale, or I guess they don't exist anymore, but like 2K games, they now live in somewhere in Minnesota. And they're just like, oh, well, since I live here, now I can go into schools and talk to people. And if there was like a group that was established somewhere that they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're looking for people that are nearby. You know, you grab people from a couple states over, you know pay to put them up in a hotel, bring them over. It, it could, it could grow and it could be yeah. very yeah, yeah. effective. Effectively, and that's then, what we're starting to do here, right? I'm doing that. Mark's doing that. Alan's doing that. We're like working towards that. It's just, we're at the beginning stages. Oh yeah. Solid. It's so, it, yeah. it's so hard to see the end goal when all you're doing is making steps. Yep. But it, you, the example you cite is interesting because we, we've been speaking a lot to the power of institutional progress, mm-hmm. but I think you really illustrated how none of that is possible without individual actors yeah right and i and i think that like uh, i mean you know all credit to you and your cohort for having that commitment and showing up to keep that system running and and Mm -hmm. to be the person who sprouts it somewhere else right and so Mm -hmm. i think i think this is my this is my uh uh, bid for good question which is uh, a personal question so in the, the experience that you have volunteering what is it that you have not done yet that you want to do still and can you oh do that gosh. at game heads or do you think you you or maybe because it's not right to do it there or is it going to take you somewhere else mark wins. you know what Great you know question. what <laughs> that is a good question i agree with ellen that's a good question 
Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I, 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 I made it before the buzzer. Just right before the buzzer. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, so one of the things is like, yeah, this is not my organization. This is an organization that I am a part of, right? Yeah. And I, I respect the industries and the foundations because as, as we've all kind of revealed here, this was a labor of love that has been growing and uh, getting larger every iteration. So I am respecting the processes in there and injecting my feedback where needed to help it grow in a ways. But now if I was going to do my own way, one of the things that I really, truly, truly think that needs to happen to help uh, people get in and make games and the thing I have not been able to quite do is to actually help individual people prototype a solid idea from absolute seed of an idea that they did not have before they walked into the room to fully blown deployment and distribution and publishing. Like that is, that is a long time commitment and a lot of energy. And I personally don't have the resources to do that, but that is my dream. Like I want to make an environment where we can all sit in a room together and we all came in the room with just our disparate experiences and we sit down and the thing that we output is a game that every person in the room is proud of Mm. that having some system that is that feels like an unimaginable dream, but it happens all the time because every game is essentially that on a bigger Mm -hmm. scale. Yeah. Like that's my goal. And I I don't, I don't want to like spawn out like, you know, Hey, I made this game by myself and look at how good it is. Axiom Verge. I made it just (laughs) me, you know, but like I like showing people that it's a collaborative effort, but a collaborative effort is as good as all of its parts put together and refined. And, you know, getting people, one of the problems that I've noticed in a lot of uh, like rapid prototyping type studios or like game jams is people come in with their, their babies, as it were. Like, they're like, this is what I want to make, but like have people leave that out the door. Like, don't, that's not what we're coming in. We're coming in here and we're going to come up with a brand new idea that none of us have ever thought of. And then we're going to use our real world experiences to make that thing for as long as it takes be amazing. And a, a very unique experience. And that's that's my that's my dream. Truman's incubator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Truman's game incubator. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. It's 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 an inspiring goal. Yeah. It's really cool. And I I I imagine you're not the only one. Uh listeners, if you're hearing this and you're like, oh, I want to do that too. Uh where, <laughs> where can <laughs> nice. people find where can people communicate with you, Truman, in order to get that to happen? Or to ask you. Oh, man. Or other things. Yeah, yeah. Not just that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm just a guy. I have, I think I have Twitter. It's uh, Truman shaped. <laughs> okay. You know, like, that's a thing, I guess. I don't know. We'll put that in. Yeah. Show. Yes. Yeah. Like, I got, I have contacts. Uh, LinkedIn is a solid way to get in touch with me. Just mention, you know, this podcast and I'll probably read it more because I get a lot of uh, that recruiter spam stuff. Oh yeah, have to filter yeah. through. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was oh, genuinely my pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is so great. Yeah. <laughs> I want more. <laughs> well, it's time machine that turns yeah. you back to a twenty-five-year-old. Yes. It's Ugh. such a treat so... to be able to talk about like big ideas and and with with such noble spirit. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, even if we get lost in the in the the, the dream of it being even better, um, it just being surrounded by the fact that it is real yeah. is mm-hmm. really, really satisfying for us. Um, because, I mean, everybody who is committed to community and game development or to helping other games developers just so that they can have future teammates, like, it, as a, as a as a existential threat, like, we need to teach each other what we know. Yeah. Anyone who's involved in that process at any step, like, it is so good just to hear people doing it. Yes. Yeah, okay. definitely. So I, we, we loved having you here. Mm-hmm. No. Yay! <laughs> That's our show. For show notes and links on today's discussion, go to our website, nicegames.club. Visit us on Twitter at Nice Games Club, where Dale tweets about game dev resources and Raven Software's union. Who put that word in there? That unionization. Today. It happened already. Did it happen? Yeah, and they were successful. Who? Well, yeah. this, listeners probably heard the news before I just did. <laughs> well, definitely did. Wow, congrats to them. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Solid. Read about it. Using Dale's Twitter link. Okay. 
Um, we like hearing from you, so tweet back or email us, contact at nicegames.club. Nice Games Club is on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. And if you want to keep things more casual, just stop by nicegames.club slash discord and say hello. Next week, we'll be looking at an interview with Chris Totten about Game Dev Academia. But that's it for this week. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.